Hey folks, and welcome to Breaking the Trauma Bond. One of the problems that I see with clients, with people who are following my work, it comes up time and again, is how do I get over my ex? You know, I absolutely hated them. It was an awful experience. I know that they were a narcissistic psychopath, a histrionic, a borderline. They were abusive. They were an alcoholic. They stole money from me. They cheated on me. They gave me an STD. And yet I'm still thinking about them. That's quite annoying. <laughs> I've been through it too, been through it twice now. The uh, burn to the ego is tremendous. The idea that we have let this person get away with such terrible things and that we didn't stand up for ourselves, that we didn't stop them, that we didn't protect ourselves effectively is a source of deep pain, which if unchecked and unprocessed can actually become bitterness. A deep wellspring of shame and bitterness held in the mind and held in the heart is not good for the personality. This is how people start to develop personality disorders themselves. This is how personality disorders can go from being passive or self-destructive and self-negating to actually becoming predatory upon others because of extremely intense levels of shame that are then layered over. over. Like if you imagine the foundations you know, layered over with bitterness, rage, unprocessed rage, and then people become aggressive, predatory. They start lashing outward, particularly and most tragically towards the people who are closest to them, towards the people who are most likely to give them the intimacy and the connectivity they most crave. Heavy problem, my dudes. Heavy problem indeed. What is this weird bond that the narcissistic cluster B personality type seems to have over us? What is this power that they have? And to the extent that there is a traumatic bond, a trauma bond, how can we break it? Just very quickly, for those of you who might not be familiar with the term trauma bond, uh, trauma bonding is a term that I got from looking at the psychology and uh, research around cults and helping people to escape cults. A person who was trauma bonded would typically be somebody who had been um, not always, but let's say for the sake of an easy example, by one person beaten and punished and spat upon and humiliated on one day and then on another day um, worshipped, uh, um, held in high esteem, being given rewards, being given kindness and care on another day. The experience is extremely traumatic because at one time the person is being cruel and vindictive and demonic and then at another time which would be traumatic in and of itself. But the further level of trauma is that then they are angelic and kind and rewarding. And then you, as the target, if I was doing this to you and I was awful to you all the time consistently, well, you could just hate me because I would just be an evil, demonic bastard. But if I'm also at other times rescuing you, rescuing you from the horror, from the cave, from the pit, from the oubliette, that I shoved you down into, and then I'm pulling you back out and rescuing you from it, you, because of psychology, not because there's anything individually wrong with you, it's just human nature is this way, human psychology is set, is set up this way, will be pitifully grateful. You will then hate yourself and feel ashamed for how grateful you are to me when I do show you a few scattered crumbs of affection, when I do show you a little bit of love. It's horrible, right? That's the power that humans can have over other humans when they abandon reason, when they abandon morality, when they abandon any sense of decency and become 
neurotically and pathologically obsessed with power, domination and control of another person. That's the heavy bit. The good bit is you can't escape. You can't escape it all. My pet theory, it's just a pet theory, but it's worked for me. It worked for me, as I say, it worked twice. And when I tried it with the permission of uh, clients and when I've done things with the material that takes people in this direction at an unconscious level, it seems to be the case that there is the possibility of breaking that trauma bond, that hold that the person has over us by processing and allowing all, all of the emotions around it. Why am I saying all, all and doing this with my hands? I'm trying to express to you, and this is hard to, to get through to people, especially people with CPTSD, that when I tell you to go and do an emotional literacy exercise, or when I'm telling you to process your emotions, I'm not saying only process the emotions you can handle. I'm not saying only process the emotions that make you feel like you're in control. Um, Marsha Linehan has come up with dialectical behavioral therapy, which I don't know that much about, but I've looked at theoretically, it looks great. And people have told me that it's worked wonders for them. Other people said not so much, but you know, it's had a good success rate for many people who've used it. One of her key concepts is radical acceptance. Radical acceptance means, I know, <laughs> a Navy SEAL recently called Jocko recently wrote a book that points to a similar concept called extreme ownership. Radical acceptance, whatever it is, whatever it is, no matter how unacceptable and how much I want to reject it, I'm radically going to accept the whole thing. Extreme ownership from the Navy SEAL who's trying to crack the corporate market, God bless him, and I wish him all the best with that, is no matter what happens in a corporate environment or in a leadership environment, in a SEAL team, if you're the officer on a SEAL team, no matter who fucked up, it's yours to own. Extreme ownership. Why are these two concepts related and why are they important here? It's hard for people with CPTSD to accept that which they have deemed to be unacceptable. It's hard for the ego sometimes to let go of the game, the points scoring game. When I'm talking to clients and when I'm talking to people who follow my stuff sometimes and they talk about the narcissist, they'll actually talk like an adolescent because they're trapped in a level of emotional maturity that's probably around, especially for the issue of emotional intimacy. They might not have that level of emotional maturity in their work or with their kids or in their friendships, but around love. Ooh, love. It's this, because of trauma, we're all gooey about love and intimacy. We're all sentimental about that and we get childish. Well, childish is too strong, but there isn't a word teenagerish. Let's invent it now. We get teenagerish about it. We get competitive. And it's almost like when I hear the stories, and I'm sure my therapists, when I would speak about it in my past, would have felt the same way hearing me talk. I never recorded it, which was silly. I wish I had now. It sounds like a brother-sister argument. It sounds like sibling rivalry. He, st he took that from me. I think I should use this strategy to get back at him. And then I have like gently, patiently have to guide the client back and go, well, is that what you want? Or do you authentically want to get on with the rest of your life, life like a sovereign adult? So there's extreme ownership of everything that happened. There's extreme, ra sorry, radical acceptance of all of the emotions. We don't get to cherry pick. If I'm saying commit to emotional processing, you don't get to cherry pick which emotions you're processing and then come back to me and go, you know, loads of people have told you it worked really, really well for them. Well, it didn't for me. And I'm like, 
are you doing the exercises? And they go, yeah. So I presume that they're telling the truth. And then I say, are you processing all of the emotions? Pause, pause, yeah. I never took a, a lie detection course. I never went to a CIA agent and paid them to teach me how to do lie detection. But I have spent a lot of time in my life working with human beings and looking at their reactions. Pausing ain't great. It's not really a lie per se, but you know that the person isn't telling you the whole truth. And the way that I can tell, just as an aside, because I know a lot of you are interested in psychology, you, you kind of have to be. <laughs> you end up with an interest in psychology, right? It's not that the, the person doesn't want to tell you the truth. They do want to tell you the truth. But there are some truths that for people who are in a deep state of trauma and are stuck or being flashbacked into that adolescent state of mind, they can't speak it. They literally don't have the capacity to speak it. There are things that have happened that we wish had not happened. There are things that we have done and said that we really wish that we could take back, but we can't. So what do we do next? You radically accept it. You take extreme ownership of the whole thing and of all of your feelings. Oh, and by the way, when you want to check if somebody's processing their emotions, their emotional state and their patterns of behavior after two weeks of doing the emotional literacy exercise, totally different. If they're not, then they're not doing the exercise. Not properly, not really. Something else is going on. Um, they're following some of the instructions on the 10. There's like a 10 step instruction and they may be doing all the way up to eight and then nine and 10, those key steps. They're not doing that. That's not actually, so they're not actually following through all the way with it. So what do we do? What I suggest is that there is a methodology. You need at least a, uh, a very basic level understanding of emotional literacy. You need to understand exactly what happened to you in an objective way. That striving to understand is why so many people who are coming out of narcissistic abusive relationships, they want to talk about it. They want to gut spill. They want to write essays about what occurred. It's like, here's all the evidence. Look, can, do you remember that there's a meme going around with a guy like this? And then there's like lines onto different pictures for him trying to figure out. He looks like he's been awake for too long and drunk too much coffee. A few lines of coke and say that. I've got it all figured out. Like this big map of stuff that's going on. That's what people are like because they're extremely confused and in a lot of pain and it is confusing and they're looking at the map of what happened and they're going out there externally. There's the key. If I can, I can find it and I can figure this whole thing out. And you have to sort of go, oh yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cool map, bro. I like your map, hey, it's a beautiful map, bro. But what we need to do is we need to just come over, just, we'll come back to your map. It's great. Just come over here for a second. How are you feeling? How are you feeling right now? Why are you asking me how I'm feeling? The map, look, look at it. Nah, yeah, I know, the map, man, yeah, the map, the story. Ah, the story, we're surely gonna find the way out of this maze by staring at the walls of the maze. Yeah, we are, totally, that's worked for you up until now, so we'll keep doing that. But right now, how do you feel? Right now, and you bring them into how they feel, and it's always sadness, it's always grief and loss. Don't run from that. That's how you get out. Being able to access the grief, being able to access the reality of what happened and being able to take it and grow through it, transcend it, don't spiritual bypass around it. I already chanted on these issues. That's what people say to me, they're frustrated. I did all the tapping on these issues. I already, they get mad. I already did it. I went to counseling 10 times. I'm like, okay but you still are obsessed with this person and you still hurt. So did you really do it? 
Or were you like one of these people who shows up to the gym and kind of, you know, pokes a machine and lifts a weight, lies on a fit ball, does a stretch, takes a selfie and then leaves? There's nothing magic about the gym, is there? There's nothing magic about turning up to counseling. Nothing. There's nothing magic about watching one of my videos. There's nothing magic about doing one of my courses. There's nothing magic about going, I'm gonna buy the emotional literacy course and I'm gonna do exactly what it says. And me saying to you, you need to do this 15 minutes every day. And you're going, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then you don't, you don't. It's got to be a regular acknowledgement of how you feel and who you are. Because there are parts of you, there are muscles inside of you that are atrophied, that need to be strengthened. The whole structure needs to be brought up. The solution to your problem is not where you think it is, and I can prove it to you in 10 seconds. How are you gonna have a solution to a problem when you have defined the problem all wrong? You're looking outward, you're looking at the map, the story. Maybe it's because he was from uh, Finland, and maybe because there's a 10 year age gap between us, but he was a mathematics major, and I was a physics graduate. Maybe the, maybe the, it's, Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't, none of that, none of that. All of this is a manifestation of codependency and CPTSD. You were lured into the relationship because of codependency and because of your CPTSD flashbacks. You were lured in because of them. They evoked flashbacks in you, totally. They, they told you a sad story. That's what criminal psychopaths, people with antisocial personality disorder, all the research has been done, it was done a long time ago. How do you pick a victim if you're a con artist? How do you pick a victim if you're a serial killer? I seem sad and I tell them my sad story or I show up with my arm in a cast and they want to help me. And then as they come closer and closer trying to help me, that's when I sink my teeth into them. That's when the spider jumps in the middle of the web and takes its prey. So what's that then? You, uh, now we're talking about sad stories. That's the evocation of an emotional flashback and you just don't know it. I can make, say I'm the predator, I can make you feel sorry for me in the way that at the deepest levels you feel sorry for the child inside of you that was abandoned. You think that if you rescue me, you're kind of rescuing yourself, Clarice. But they can't be rescued, Clarice. They can't be rescued. So there are many things that need to be let go of here, that we need to grow through, that we need to emotionally mature from. Those lambs are already gone, Clarice. They cannot be saved. You can't save the spring lambs. So. You have to move away from the map, the external, the story, the fascination. You're still googly-eyed over that person. You can be googly-eyed with love, or you can be googly-eyed with hate. You're still googly-eyed, you're still obsessed, you're still focused on them, and you're looking outward instead of coming back to you. Codependency that drew you into the relationship, that kept you in the relationship when they were abusive and that made it hard to leave, and it's codependency that hurts you today, three months, three years, 30 years after it's over. It was CPTSD and emotional flashbacks that lured you in by making you feel sad, by making you feel pity for them, that caused you to stay when they were being an abusive dick. And you're like, oh no, they're lost. They had a bad childhood. I can save them. I'll just pour more love onto them. More love, just pour the love into the hole, the fucking gargling drain pipe, and then they'll be okay and then they'll love me, and we'll live happily ever after. Sam Vatnin calls it malignant optimism. That's what keeps relationships going. And it's emotional flashbacks that are hurting you three months, three years, and 30 years after the relationship has ended. I think that people don't really want to hear this 
because it's too simple. And we've all convinced ourselves that our case is special. No, I was the one empath black sheep that could love a golden child narcissist back to life. Okay, okay. I, I, that's it. I like. I never ever fight with anybody on that one. You want that toy? You want to go and play with that toy? Your little golden bauble? Please do. It's your life. It's your life. There are worse things out there. <laughs> there are worse fates than that. But if you are ready to let go of that and say, "Look, I, I've carried this for a long time. I'm pretty sure it's radioactive." Like, why is that? Well, spiritually speaking, like my hair and my teeth are falling out. So maybe this golden bauble I've been holding onto isn't that good for me. I'll go, really? Okay, maybe we should put it to one side. Start doing something else. Grow some new teeth and hair. It's dull. You're sick of me saying it. I'm sorry. But I can only really focus the time and the energy and the life force that I've been gifted with on so many people. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time wrestling with people trying to take their golden baubles off them. I'm not going to do that. You keep them. You keep them. If you're ready to grow up, if you're ready to really let it go, then I'm afraid some of the answers are dull. They're not shiny. They're not exciting. And the answer is you've got to overcome your emotional flashbacks. You've got to overcome your codependency. And the only way that you're going to do that is by healing the CPTSD. The only way you have a chance at overcoming the flashbacks and the codependency is actually getting inside the machine and healing the CPTSD and doing the work. I already did the work and it didn't work for me. It doesn't work. It can't work for you. You have to make it work. And if you don't have that will and you don't have that determination to make it work, to face those demons, again, I can't help you. I wish you well. Please unsubscribe. <laughs> Please go elsewhere because I don't want to create yet another my ex-boyfriend, my ex-wife is a narcissist circle jerk forum where people hold hands for five, six, seven, eight, fifteen years at a time. I'm not interested in it. So the people who are ready to heal, you stick with me. You come with me. But this is what we're dealing with now. You're going to heal from codependence. You're going to heal from CPTSD. And whenever you ask me, like, why am I still thinking about that person? My response will be along the lines of, are you doing your emotional flashbacks exercises? I have a free course for you. It's totally free. You go to sparklifecoach.com. You put the email in on the, on the homepage and the free gift you get is a, a course that helps you heal emotional flashbacks. It's been out for, I made it free a while, like five, six months ago. And then I mentioned it the other day and loads of people on the channel were like, we didn't get it. Well, it's out there. Like, just go and get it. It's got a 40 minute video course inside of it. It's got audio tutorials. It's a thing you can start doing every day and it will reduce your emotional flashbacks right down. Some people are saying that they've gone from being like an eight out of 10 on the CPTSD scale for lack of functionality, their life just didn't work, down to a two out of 10 inside of like three weeks. That's really good. That's right. And that's a simple free tool. The other thing that you must do and I don't have anything else for you. I don't have a way around this is you have to feel your feelings. The only thing I can do is make that more palatable. The only thing I can do is make that safer, is make that more structured. But if you're stuck on the idea that you can pray your way, affirmation your way, quantum leap into another reality out of it, good on you and, and good luck. God bless. Please unsubscribe. This is not the channel for you and I'm not the person you should be listening to. I am really more of a, you know, 
I'm an engineer. I want to get inside the engine and I want to fix it. I don't want to talk vague concepts and circle jerk bubble wanks about unicorn chi and quantum leaping for the rest of my days. I'm not interested in it. So if you want to get over this and you want to get past the trauma bond, guess what? It's a hard path and you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to let go of the golden baubles that you've been holding on to that have secondary and tertiary gain for you because you're frightened. You're frightened of life. You're frightened to move forward. You're frightened to face challenges. You're frightened to push out the comfort zone. I understand. I'm compassionate to that, but I'm not compassionate to people who are dishonest, intellectually dishonest and disingenuous. If you want to move forward, I can help you. The next course that I'm going to be releasing is uh, going to be called uh, um, Healing the Trauma Bond Through Emotional Literacy. I'm going to record the core of the course live this Saturday. If you're watching this in the future from your hoverboard, that's good for you. Um, it will already be available. You can just go on the website and look for uh, Healing the Trauma Bond Through uh, Emotional Literacy. If you want to join me on that live on Saturday, the information is in the bar below. I'll be talking for about 45 minutes, fairly simple concept. There's three or four exercises I'm gonna lay out for you that'll be like, okay, if you have one person in mind and you want them out of your head, you do this, you do this, you do this, and it'll start to loosen. And then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. But, kind of sucks, it might hurt. I, I can't save you from pain, nobody can. Like, if you're alive now and you're a human being on this planet, your destiny is to experience some suffering. You will experience pain. But I'm telling you now, you're going to experience a lot more pain and suffering being a wretch, living, half living, half dead, half alive, living on your knees, than if you say, right, let's do this. I'm sick of it. They've had this much of my life. They've had this much of my life. They're not getting any more of my fucking time. When I say pain, when I say suffering, we might be talking like, I don't know, you will experience emotional flashbacks of grief and of sadness and of heartache that maybe go on for two weeks, they might go on for a month. Shouldn't be longer than that. Once you process that grief, the emotional flashbacks become less frequent, they become less intense, and you move forward and you will be a changed person. But you have to follow the instructions. You have to follow exactly what I tell you to do. These are a series of exercises they're not, you know, I don't, I don't create stuff for you guys that is just, ooh, this looks like fun. We'll just give them a bit of this and a bit of that and hopefully things will be okay. I agonize over this shit for months and put it together in a specific structured sequence so that it has specific structured results. And the people who do it, they get those results. If you get hold of it and you go, oh, I'll just add a bit of unicorn chi here and some some, you know, a bit of prayer over, you know, I, I cannot tell you what the results would be. If you're ready to heal from that trauma bond, if you're ready to emotionally mature and grow up, if you're ready to face your demons and actually get on with your life and start living, because this isn't living, is it? A lot of you are sat there eagerly awaiting the next YouTube video thinking, I'm going to say something to you, a magic word is going to plop into your ear and everything is going to be fine. It won't happen. The way you're living now is the way you'll be living in one year's time. Think about that. Everything you're doing today, all of the emotions you experience today, the heartache, the disappointment, the sadness, the shame, it'll be exactly the same in a year's time unless you break out. 
And there's no way of breaking out but through initiation and transcendence, which initiation and transcendence is always painful. It always hurts and it's a shock to the system. So if you feel strong enough for that and you feel ready for that and you want to break the trauma bond that one person has had over you and you're prepared to develop some new skills, some new strength and some emotional literacy, jump on this course. Jump on it. What will happen is after I've shot the course live, I'm going to add a few bits and pieces to it and then it will be available to everybody else probably in uh, six weeks' time. Um, which again in the future will be irrelevant because you're watching from a hoverboard and all of this already happened a long time ago. Maybe. Maybe there's a different quantum reality we could leap to. I don't fucking know. I hope you enjoyed that. Well, enjoy is probably a strong word in the context of what I just said. Probably wasn't enjoyable. Before you comment and spew your vitriol at me, remember that these videos are free and you are here by choice and that you're an adult sovereign individual and your actions have consequences and they're also a reflection of who you are as a human being and the value that you place on yourself. When you spew a load of childish, nonsensical, insulting comments on this channel, it's not nothing. It's not a consequence-free zone. There is no consequence-free zone on this planet. It doesn't mean nothing. It's not cost-free. It is saying something to you about who you are. So please don't do it. Please try and be a grown-up. Try and live as an adult. Live in accordance with what you want. Go for what you want. That's your right. You have a right to actually want things and then go after them. But you don't have a right to demand things and expect them to be given to you. You want what you want, you work for it, and you go for it like a grown-up. You're not going to be able to do that if you're all if there's loads of emotional flashbacks going on, if you're emotionally bonded to somebody else, that's going to be really, really hard. So we need to now dissolve that, resolve the whole thing. You'll become way more emotionally literate. You'll become way more aware, way more emotionally intelligent, far stronger and independent than the people around you. And then you get to move forward with the rest of your life. It's pretty cool, right? For some people it will be. For some people this will be the biggest provocation in the world. So I guess I just have to let happen what will happen. Um, Thank you very much for your time and your attention. I really do appreciate it.